0: Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Wagenti and this is Who Gets It Naturally. Music was composed and performed by V. Caritis. I'm not selling anything, diagnosing anything, offering any cures, or replacing your doctor. I'm just sharing my passion for natural products. If you're pregnant, please consult your doctor before trying anything new. Everyone is different, so you may need to tweak the recipes a bit to work for you. Always start with the least amount of essential oils. You can always add, you can't take away. Remember, these remedies don't last forever. You need to reapply as needed. If you are allergic to any of the ingredients I use, please substitute for something you're not allergic to. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it. Skin care part four. Wow, can't believe it's September already. Okay, let's talk about toothpaste. Okay, teeth aren't really part of skin, but they are in your mouth and it just kind of flows. And I don't have anywhere else to stick this in, so. Just about every commercially made toothpaste has fluoride in it. Fluoride is controversial to say the least. It's so toxic, the U.S. Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, or ATSDR, lists it as among the top 20 of 275 substances that pose the most significant threat to human health. Yeah, there may be just a tiny bit in your toothpaste and a tiny bit in your water and a tiny bit in your food from contaminated soil, but it builds up. So that tiny bit here and tiny bit there can be dangerous. You may hear it touted as natural or naturally occurring in water. What you don't hear often is that the fluoride compound in naturally fluoridated water is calcium fluoride which does not dissolve easily in water. However, a common fluoridation agent, sodium fluoride, does. Fluoride is toxic. Sodium fluoride is much more toxic than calcium fluoride. Hydrofluorosilicic acid, the compound used in over 90% of fluoridation programs, is even more toxic than sodium fluoride. Hydrofluorosilicic acid is a byproduct of pollution scrubbers used in the phosphate fertilizer and aluminum industries. Fluoride is used to refine uranium for nuclear power and weapons. Andreas Schold is the head of Parents of Fluoride Poisoned Children, or PFPC, a global organization, and is considered the world's most foremost authority of the effects of inorganic and organic fluorides on the thyroid gland and on thyroid hormone metabolism. According to his article published in Wise Traditions in Food, Farming, and the Healing Arts in the Fall 2000 Quarterly, quote, New areas with natural fluoride are appearing all over the world, as now all areas not artificially fluoridated are considered natural. The problem is that this natural fluoride is the result of direct water and soil contamination from petrochemical land treatment, uncontrolled fertilizer use, pesticide applications, groundwater contamination from industrial waste sites, rocket fuel burial grounds, and so forth. Suddenly, we have natural fluorides showing up in areas previously deemed fluoride deficient. End quote. You can find the full article, which is very interesting, at https colon slash slash www.westinaprice.org health hyphen topics slash environmental hyphen toxins fluoride hyphen worse hyphen than hyphen We hyphen thought. Okay, you may want to check the transcript for that because that's a whopper. I just recently found this article, but I've been leery of fluoride since I found out it was a byproduct of the atomic bomb a few decades ago. The scientific studies used to promote fluoride to fight cavities are flawed and results are non-reproducible. Like I said, it's very controversial. You'll easily find lots of reports and sites touting how wonderful fluoride is, but you need to dig deep to find anything even remotely in opposition to it. Do your research and decide for yourself. If you do want to make your own toothpaste for whatever reason, I've got a few recipes to share. I've found several. They're all basically the same. We'll start with the one I actually use. You'll need two teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of fine sea salt, a quarter cup of organic coconut oil or MCT oil, one to two teaspoons of organic arrowroot powder, optional but not really, either one two-ounce and one one one-ounce amber jar with lids or one four-ounce amber jar with a lid. You can use a tube. Empty ones are available. I just don't see myself having the patience to figure out how to get the toothpaste into the tube. Combine baking soda and salt. Add softened or MCT coconut oil to dry ingredients. Stir with fork to combine. Add one to two teaspoons of arrowroot powder to this recipe after all other ingredients are mixed to help thicken the paste. Start with a small amount. Add more until desired thickness is reached. Store in a cool, dark place for up to three weeks. Okay, those are the directions that came with the recipe. This is what I did. I have coarse sea salt, so I broke out the pestle and mortar and crushed the coarse sea salt into almost fine sea salt the second time I made this recipe. The first time I didn't, and I just used the coarse sea salt as is. It worked, but I did notice the salt. The crushed sea salt is definitely better. Mixed it with the baking soda. I stuck with two teaspoons of baking soda because it's an abrasive and can remove the enamel from your teeth. Since it's summer and I'm putting the toothpaste in a jar and not a tube, I used organic coconut oil. Mixed it all up. Now, it will be a bit runny. That's where the arrowroot comes in. It's a thickening agent. I used three teaspoons and mixed it all together. I don't have any 4-ounce jars. Well, I couldn't find any if I do. So I used a 2-ounce jar and a 1-ounce jar. Poured the mixture into the jars and placed the caps on the jars, then put them in the fridge for several hours. Actually, I kind of forgot about them, but it's all good. During the summer, the longer you keep it in the fridge, the better. It won't get all liquidy. That's why I don't use MCT. Coconut oil will stay solid up to about 75 degrees. The other ingredients help to keep it from completely liquefying. I use a popsicle stick to put the paste on my toothbrush. Yes, it's a bit salty, but I don't mind it. I know I haven't said this in a while, but I am a freak. If you have kids or don't like the salty taste, you can add essential oil for the flavoring. Peppermint, spearmint, or even cinnamon will work. Use turmeric for whitening toothpaste. You'll need to experiment to find the sweet spot, but I'd start with three to five drops. Some recipes suggest the xylitol powder to help with taste. I say suggest because it is optional in the recipes that I've found. I've also seen where they use filtered water instead of coconut oil. It won't feel greasy, but this cuts down on the amount of time you have to use it before it goes bad. Instead of having three weeks to use it all, you'd have about one to two weeks max. Also, there are so many health benefits to using the coconut oil. It's an antifungal, antimicrobial, and good for oral health. I've been using it for over a month now, and I love it. My teeth feel cleaner. Next, I tried my hand at deodorant. I'm limited to the brands I can use. I can't use a scented one, so it has to specifically say it's for sensitive skin. And even at that, I have to read the ingredients to make sure there's not something else in it that I can't use. I had one I liked a lot and used it for a long time. All of a sudden, I can't find it anymore. So, I found a great recipe. It absorbed quick, didn't make my skin feel greasy, and worked. Unfortunately, my underarm skin didn't like it. I've never seen my skin that shade of red before. Under both arms talk about itchy. I can't figure out what caused it either. As far as I know, I'm not allergic to any of the ingredients. Either the combination triggered the reaction or the skin under my arms is extremely more sensitive than the rest of my body. Until the rash went away, I used witch hazel. I soaked some on a cotton ball then patted the cotton ball on my pits. It actually felt good, cooled off the irritation and stopped the itchy. The rash was completely gone in about two days. So I put some witch hazel in a 2-ounce amber Boston Round, added about 20 drops of frankincense and a bit of vodka, and topped it with a Mr. Cap. Shook it up real good and tried that. My skin didn't itch or turn red, but it didn't work all that well. I mean, it worked for a little while, and then it didn't. Plus, it was a triple digits with even higher feels-like temperatures, which didn't help. So I ended up buying a brand that I'm not fond of, but it does work for now. I'm going to have to make a much smaller batch and try with a different essential oil. I used Melaleuca or tea tree essential oil. I don't know if that's what caused the rash. I've used shampoo and body wash with tea tree essential oil in them and don't recall having the same reaction. But then again, those get rinsed away. The deodorant doesn't. Okay, for this recipe, you'll need three tablespoons of baking soda. 5 tablespoons of arrowroot powder, 6 tablespoons of shea butter, 30 to 60 drops of essential oils. They are optional. And other than tea tree, you can try frankincense, lavender, patchouli, sage, bergamot, cypress, or rosemary, or any combination, really. 8-ounce amber jar with lid. Now, in a deep bowl, you'll thank me later, mix the baking soda and arrowroot. Using a mixer, mix in the shea butter. Once it starts looking like crumbly dough, add the essential oil. Mix together until whipped. Transfer to the jar. Keep in a cool, dry place. To use, scoop out a pea-sized amount and rub it into your armpit until it's invisible. It'll absorb quickly and feels dry, but you may want to wait a bit before getting dressed. You can get a dedicated makeup brush and apply some arrowroot over the deodorant for extra dryness. I didn't do this. For me, it absorbed quickly. There are a lot of different DIY recipes for deodorant. A lot of them use coconut oil. I stay away from those. To me, the coconut oil can get too greasy and takes so much longer to absorb into my skin. The shea butter worked very well until the rash broke out. Skin tags are annoying and difficult to get rid of on your own. Your dermatologist can use several different modalities to remove them. Freeze them off with liquid nitrogen, cauterize them off with an electric probe or needle, snip them off with surgical scissors. Can you get rid of them on your own? Supposedly. I haven't had any luck yet, but I also don't have the patience to do it myself. There are several home remedies for skin tags. One is to tie a thin piece of string at the base of the skin tag for a few days until it falls off i've never tried this another is to soak a cotton ball with apple cider vinegar place it on the skin tag then cover with a bandage to hold it in place for 15 to 30 minutes at a time at least once a day ideally two or three times a day until it falls off i tried this for about four days it wasn't long enough Well, I also only did it once a day, and as luck would have it, I'm allergic to latex, so the band-aids leave a nasty red mark. Not as red as the rash under my arms. Another method is to apply tea tree essential oil to the skin tag two times a day until it falls off. Yeah, that only lasted two or three days, and amazingly, didn't work. And the tea tree didn't irritate my skin. Hmm. Then there's the. Use the castor oil on the skin tag for a week or so. It'll dry up and fall off. Haven't tried that yet either. There's a wide variety of over the counter remedies, but I've never tried any of them, so I'm not sure how well they work. I know, not much help, but it gives you something to experiment with. Okay, so you're probably thinking this is the fourth episode on skincare and you haven't mentioned my issue. Well, reach out via email or social media, sign up for a membership. More on that later. Search for a DIY remedy or get really crazy and make up your own concoction. What? Are you crazy? I can't make up my own stuff. Wait, can I? Yes. How? Start with what you want to fix. For instance, my uncle had been in pain from shingles for years. I created a spray form. I researched what essential oils are good for shingles. Any of them that are antiviral, antimicrobial, antiseptic, it's a good place to start. Add in anything good for the skin. Whittle that list down by eliminating anything you may be allergic to, anything you don't like the scent of, essential oils that tend to be more expensive if money's tight. Then, think about how to apply it. Since shingles makes the slightest touch hurt, I decided to make a spray with witch hazel and use a mister cap you need to consider if it would work as a lotion-type product that you can massage into your skin or maybe something light you can spray on. That would narrow down the base to either shea and or cocoa butter or maybe a carrier oil for something you can massage into your skin. For something that would hurt if you touched it, making a spray to use with a Mr. Cap with Witch Hazel is a great start. It's great for skin, won't dry your skin, and has lots of benefits all by itself. Okay, but how do I know how much to use? Start small. Make an ounce or two of the base, then use a few drops of oil. As you increase the amount of base, increase the number of drops of essential oils proportionately. For instance, if you double the base amount, double the amount of the essential oils. Here's where your measurements come in handy. Remember, about three teaspoons equals a tablespoon. Three tablespoons equals an ounce. Eight ounces equals a cup, and so on. Ten milliliters is equal to about a third of an ounce. Keep in mind, a good rule of thumb is 60 to 80 drops of essential oils to 16 ounces of carrier oil. 30 to 40 drops of essential oils to 8 ounces of carrier oil. 15 to 20 drops of essential oils to 4 ounces of carrier oil. 7 to 10 drops of essential oils to 2 ounces of carrier oil. 3 to 5 drops of essential oil to 1 ounce of carrier oil. For lotions or mixtures with dry ingredients, start with about 10 drops an ounce and build up from there. Start with the least amount. You can always add. If you try something that becomes very hot on your skin, cool it down with any carrier oil right away. The more you play, the more you learn. As you find out what works for you, making other products becomes easier. Just remember to write it all down, not just the ingredients, but also the measurements and how you're mixing them. For instance, when you're making play at the plate, you need to mix all the dry ingredients together first, then add the Castile soap and essential oils, and then the white vinegar last. Why? Because the vinegar reacts chemically with the dry ingredients. Mixing them in a different order will change the reaction which will change the results. Science. Okay, what did I mean about buying a membership? What's that all about? I signed up with Buy Me A Coffee to help offset the $12 a month I pay to keep all of the episodes and transcripts available indefinitely so you can always go back to them or new listeners can catch up on what they missed. As you know, I don't monetize my podcasts. Make money by having commercials played in the middle of the episodes no commercials. So all my expenses for the podcast come out of my pocket. You can help support the podcast with a single donation in increments of $3 or sign up for a membership. I offer four levels of membership. Level one is single, $5 a month for a year, which entitles you to one half hour session a month for a year. That's six hours a year. With me, either by phone, duo, or Skype, where we can work on up to three recipes. I'll narrow down your options for you, offer suggestions, and give you a good starting point. Level two is double, $10 a month for a year, which entitles you to two half-hour sessions a month for a year. That's 12 hours a year, where we can work on up to five recipes, where I'll give you options, suggestions, and a good starting point. We can schedule these every other week or both in the same week or whatever works for you. Level three is triple, $15 a month for a year, which entitles you to two one-hour sessions per month for a year. That's 24 hours a year, where I'll tweak up to three recipes to work for you. We can schedule these sessions one hour, twice a month, or four half-hour sessions, one in a week, again, whatever works for you. Level four is home run. $25 a month for a year, which entitles you to three one and a half hour sessions a month, 60 hours a year, for a year to tweak up to five recipes to work for you. We can schedule these as one one and a half hour sessions or six 45 minute sessions or nine half hour sessions per month, whatever works. Also, buy me a cup of coffee does not hold any of your information. You don't have to sign up. With them to make a donation or to get the membership, they don't hold on to anything. That's a plus two right there. Since I do have a full-time job, as of now, the sessions need to be between 6 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, and between 9 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. Central Time on the weekends. As always, if you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to email me at vobygypsy at usa.com. You can follow me on X and Instagram at vobygypsy or LinkedIn. Search either Chris Wagenti, Who Gets It Naturally, or Voiceovers by Gypsy. Please download this episode and make Who Gets It Naturally a favorite on your preferred channel so you don't miss an episode. You can buy me a beer or get a membership at https colon slash slash com slash VO by Gypsy 4. That's the number four. Thanks for your support and for listening. The next episode will be published on Saturday, September 16th.